Wow. Is it good to be here this morning? Man, I tell you, this is going to be a great day. And you know why? Um, I, I love in the very beginning of John's letter, 1 John, he says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you can have fellowship with us. So in other words, that just means, man, if, so if you're visiting today or if you're checking out church today, and, but we're proclaiming what we've actually experienced. We've experienced God. And so we invite you. We're so glad to invite you into our fellowship. But then he says, and our fellowship is with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. And the coolest thing, man, right there, even just worshiping him, he goes, I, I come into your presence when you guys do that. Is that that cool? He is here, you guys, in our midst right now. And here's what's crazy. I'm going to actually share God's word with you. And he says, my word is alive and it's active. That means it's actually going to go right into your ears and into your brain. He says he can renew your mind so you can think about what's true in the midst of all the things that aren't. And then he goes, I even go deeper than that, right into your soul. My word is alive. Are you guys ready to hear his word? Yeah. Okay. Because wow. now what's cool is I, I, I'm going to be like vocally saying this, but while I'm speaking, God's actually here. And he will actually speak to you. It's the coolest, craziest thing. Your heart will be ignited when God speaks to you directly. So if you want to, isn't this cool? If you want to, if you'll open your heart today, the living God is going to speak to you. Now that's super cool. And I want to tell you, it's beautiful out there. Is it not beautiful out there? It's more beautiful in here. It's more beautiful because he's here. All right? So Jesus, thank you for that worship. Thank you for the gift of worship that moves us into our soul, that reminds us, gives us a chance to declare your goodness and your glory and your power and your love. But God, now thank you for your word. Thank you that you want to speak to every person here, each person in this place, precious to you. So God, have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well... Um, Yesterday, uh, we threw a party at my house because my second daughter, Ashlyn Dawn, has graduated from high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. We're kicking them out one by one. Actually, Ashlyn sprouted wings about eight months ago, man. She's, <laughs> we've just been trying to hold her, and she's ready to go. Um, but the coolest thing, you guys, is uh, the gifts that people have. We, we have an Aunt Amy that lives with us, Amy King. Uh, she actually moved out with us, but she has known my children since the day they were born. And my kids call her Aunt Amy. And one of the coolest things that Amy has done, when Mariah, Mariah was actually helping to lead worship here. So Mariah is our vocalist, right? She's our singer, she's our actor, she's our dancer. And when Mariah graduated from high school, Amy, knowing her, knew what gift to give her. And she took her to a Broadway musical, right, for her graduation gift. And that was like, Mariah's like, are you kidding me, right? They just made her whole day. Well, you will never see, well, no, that's not true. Ashlyn, but she's not our dancer, singer, you know, person. Ashlyn, when she was choosing her college, she said, it just has to be somewhere beautiful. That was her top priority. So it's either Washington, Montana, or, uh, or uh, Colorado, right? So she's going to go to Colorado State. She's going to be a Ram coming up here. And, but here's Ashlyn. She's, she was our athlete. 
She's the one who does hiking clubs. She's in the mountains. That's the whole thing. So Aunt Amy, because she knows Ashlyn, today, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but for the first time this year, rock climbing is actually going to be in the Olympics. I don't know if you guys knew that. And the, the, the tryouts to join the Olympic team, the finalists today are in Salt Lake City to join the Olympic team for rock climbing. So Amy gets Ashland tickets to go see the best climbers in the world right here today. Now, isn't that cool? Yeah. I want to tell you, many of us would say, you know, gift giving isn't that big of a deal to me. But I do know this. When someone gives you a gift and it matches who you are, it makes you feel loved. It makes you feel seen and known. Here's what Jesus says. You guys are messed up. Okay? He goes, in fact, he uses the word evil. He goes, you guys are evil. And you know how to give good gifts to your kids. He goes, you know how to do that. How much more, he says, will your father in heaven give you good gifts? Now, in the other section, in another gospel, it says, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? The Holy Spirit and gifts. So we're starting a series today called Spiritual Gifts. And we're going to talk about these gifts that God has for us. We're going to be teaching the next five weeks through 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. We're going to go right through these three chapters because this is when the main section that teaches us about these spiritual gifts, okay? Let's start right off chapter 12, verse 1. Here's God's word, right? This is nobody's opinion. This is God's word to you today. About the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you didn't know God... Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking of the, by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, just real quick on this one. Let me, let me just tell, here's something true about every one of you in this room. I, I don't, it doesn't matter what your faith is in, if you believe in God, believe in Jesus, or you don't. Okay? But the scripture says every one of you is created in God, in Christ, actually, in Christ, by Christ, for Christ. You are his idea. You were created in him uniquely. And we know that, every one of us in this room, unbelievably unique and personable. God created you that way. But, he, but some of us, he's saying here, have never thought of actually declaring Jesus as Lord. And that, that could be some of you here. That's most of the world. So even though created by God and precious to God, most people at some point, he said, when you didn't know God, you, 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 you wouldn't declare Jesus as Lord, right? That, that's just not what happens. But if you do, if you actually do declare that Jesus is Lord, which many of us do in here because we're, we're followers of Jesus, he says the only reason you're doing that, the only reason you're declaring Jesus is Lord is because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. So in other words, when you actually declare that Jesus is Lord, it's because you got reconciled back to God. And when that happened, God gave you his spirit. And the spirit inside of you is the one that helps you to finally see that Jesus is Lord. And then what he says is if you have the Holy Spirit, okay, so this all of you in this room who declare Jesus is Lord, he says you have 
a gift. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit. Every one of you who's declaring that he is Lord. All right, now let's go into it. He goes in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes to them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then verse 11, and all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All right, here's what I want you to know today. I want you to, this is the truth today. You are, if you've received Jesus Christ, you are gifted to be a personal display of God's power. That's who you are. Every one of you who is a follower of Jesus, you are gifted to be a personal display of God's power. All right? So let's unpack this thing. For how, how, how do you get a spiritual gift? How do you get one? Well, in verse 7 it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 11, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He, the Spirit, distributes them to each one just as He determines. And remember, he, at the very beginning, Paul said, about the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want you to be uninformed. So, how do you receive a gift? Well, the beautiful thing about God, you guys, and so if you're here and you haven't put your faith yet in Christ, and, and, and can I just tell you the coolest thing about God? He loves to give. He just gives and gives and gives and gives. So the way you receive a gift is the first thing you do is you receive, you receive the gift of salvation. So the, the fact that you can be reconciled back to God is nothing you do. You don't work for it, right? You receive it as a gift. And then when you receive that salvation, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And again, you don't work to get the Holy Spirit. God goes, man, you put your faith in Christ. Here's salvation. Here's my Holy Spirit. And as soon as the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, he goes, and here's your gift. Every single one of you. And guys, again, you think Aunt Amy does a great job knowing Mariah and Ashlyn? Yes, she does. How much more does God, your Father who created you, know the gift to give you? Because he loves you. So if you're a follower of Jesus, and listen, this is really important, you have received a gift from the Holy Spirit, okay? You are gifted to be a personal display of God's power. Then, let's answer this question. Well, who, who gets the spiritual gifts? Who, who gets these things? In chapter 12, verse six and seven, it says there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in, everybody say this, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit of God is given for the common good. Come on, man. Can I, can I just say, I was reading through 1 Corinthians last year. And when I got to this chapter, and I know this stuff, I mean, I, but when I got to this chapter, I just realized in my heart, it's like, David, David, wake up. I like, need some spiritual smelling salt. Do you see every person that walked into this building today as someone who has a personal 
is supposed to have, be a personal display of God's power. Each one of you who've received Christ have a manifestation of the Spirit of God inside of you. See, and, I, and as I read that, I just realized, I'm like, okay, I know that intellectually. I want to start seeing it. Can you guys imagine if all of us in this room who've actually received Christ started manifesting the Spirit of God through the unique special gift he gave you? You are a display, a personal display of God's power, every single one of you. And there is no respecter of persons. There's no hierarchy. That was whatever that was, hierarchy. <laughs> Come on, man. That's why I don't let you call me Pastor Dave. That just, I hate that. And I'm sorry for all of you who came from the South. I don't want, don't call me that. Because what you're, you're, you're like, well, pastors have, no, man. I'm just a dude who wanted to teach high school and coach football who gave his life to Jesus and found out the gift he gave me was to do this. Every one of you have the same thing. Now, each one, it says, is a personal gift perfect for you. Different kinds of gifts, same spirit. Different kinds of service, same Lord. Different kinds of working, the same God. Different means what? You are gifted to be a personal display of the power of God. And what you can display of God's power, nobody else can. So it's kind of funny. I was, uh, um, during the, all the windstorms, you know, the last year was the first time. And then this, again, earlier this year, just tons of wind. Our, our basketball hoop fell over a number of times. So it was history. And so obviously to get rid of the party, I'm like, okay, I got to tear this thing apart and get it out of here. So I go out to my basketball hoop, and there are just tons of screws, right? There's tons of nuts and bolts on it. So I, I, I see the screws, so I grab my Phillips screwdriver, right? And I grab my uh, flathead screwdriver. And I go out, and I go to, to use them, and it doesn't want to use either of them, right? What do I need? Anybody want to take a guess? Yeah, I need an Allen wrench, all right? But then you pull out your Allen wrenches, and how many are there on your little? There's, a, there's all these little Allen wrenches, <laughs> And I got to figure out which one actually works because I need the right tool to be able to finish the job. Well, then there's these nuts and bolts all over the place. So I pull out my socket wrench. Have you guys seen these things? Like, like look at all those things. There are so many different options in here. And so what I'm doing is I'm sitting next to the bolt and I'm pulling this one out and I, nope, that doesn't work. And I pull out this one. I go, nope, that doesn't quite fit. Nope, I pull, and then the, I think it was the fourth one. I finally got it right and I could stick it on. And that was the specific tool I needed for that job. All these other ones are in there and they are used for something, but not this job I had. I needed that one. And then once I got all the bolts out, the basketball hoop had been there so long that it was all rusted together and I couldn't pull the things apart. So now what wrench do I need? Liquid. No, I don't need a wrench. <laughs> I need a sledgehammer. <laughs> so, so now I'm pulling my sledgehammer out and literally at the base of the thing, I'm just bam, and I'm hitting it as hard as I can because this is what I needed. You guys, try to take out a screw with this thing. It ain't working. Try to dismantle the poles with a little Allen wrench. Ain't happening. 
Do you understand me? Do you get the picture? Every one of you, each one of you, some of you are this guy, and you are needed, and some of you are this guy, and you are needed, and the Spirit determined which one you are, because he has a specific job that only you can do, and he designed you to do it, and you are, you are a personal display of God's power that nobody else can be. And this is so important as we go through this. I need this one for this particular job. So, sorry, I just went all through my notes and I have no idea where I am. All right, but who gets a spiritual gift? Each one. And I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping by the end of today, if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been swinging the sledgehammer or you haven't been in the hands of God as an Allen wrench, like that you would know today that you are so important. You matter. You guys, listen, there are things that you can do that no one else can do like you. Nobody. And this is, this is really important. There are certain people that only connect with certain people. You, in your unique personality, in your passions, God has made you both physically and emotionally and in your personality, and then he gifted you specifically because you're the one piece that fits to another person. And you're it. Are you in God's hands so that he's using you? Because you are gifted if you've received the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, what are these gifts of the Spirit? No matter what gift you have, and in two weeks, we're actually going to go through them. There's a, big, there's a bunch of lists of what the spiritual gifts are. Two weeks, I'm going to take you through those. But let me just tell you this. It doesn't matter which one you have, Okay? All of the spiritual gifts are these three things in this teaching. All of them fall under these three categories, right? What are these gifts? Number one, they are acts of service. 1 Corinthians 12.5 says there are different kinds of service but the same Lord. When you, you guys, one of the beautiful things, when you receive the Holy Spirit of God, yes, he saves you from your, uh, your, Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin and we're forgiven, which is wonderful. But then the Holy Spirit comes inside you to empower you to be able to do and to live the life God created you to live. And when the Spirit does, the Bible tells us the Spirit is conforming us into the image of Jesus. That's one of the things he's doing, right? We say, all right here, our mission at K2 is to invite all of you into this adventure of following Jesus. But those of you who are Christians, we're here to equip you to be able to live the adventure of following Jesus. Well, if you're a disciple, that's what the biblical word is. If you're a disciple, a disciple was someone who's like, I am following Jesus so that I can be like him. The Holy Spirit inside you is helping you, if you're a follower, if you're a real Christian, the Holy Spirit's inside you. He's making you like Jesus, okay? What do we know about Jesus? He says, point blank, 
I did not come to be served, but to serve. That's the, isn't that, by the way, is that not cool that that's the nature of our God? Right? And most of us are like, oh my gosh, you know, God, and he is. He's awesome and holy and powerful. And we do live to serve him. But the only reason we live to serve him is because he first serves us. Jesus says he came to show us the image of God. And the image of God was, I don't, I don't come to be served. I come to serve. So if you're actually being conformed into the image of Jesus and the spirits inside of you, he gives you a gift and he says, and it's to serve. And that's why Jesus says, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. So one of the first things you can just say is like, if you are gifted to be a personal display of God's power, the power is to actually help you to serve. I can tell you this right now. Sin at its core is me consumed with myself. That's what sin is. I do what I want instead of what God wants. I think about myself more than I think about everybody else. That's just at its core, sin. So when Jesus saves us from sin, he actually, the power, you guys, of God inside of you is the power over selfish living. He actually gives you the power to be free from concern for yourself. It's the power to lay down your life for another person, right? That's what Jesus is. And so now he's helping us to do the same thing. It's the power to serve others more than yourself. Okay, every one of you who's a follower, an actual true believer, born of the Spirit of God, you receive Jesus as Lord. From his Spirit, he has gifted you to serve. So that's the first question just to ask yourself. It's like, man, I'm a fo I follow Jesus. Then do I serve? Do I serve my spouse? Do I serve my kids? Tomorrow at work, will all your coworkers go, what is it about that dude? Why is he always thinking about the others more than themselves? When you go to school, all you students, what is it about her? Why is she thinking about other people more than herself? Why? Because I follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit's inside of me and he's given me the power to serve. All right? That's the first thing a gift is. It's an act of service. Number two, he tells us it's a type of working. 1 Corinthians 12, 6. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. Here's, here's what's cool, you guys. Jesus told us, my father is always at work. He's always at work. So God, what does it say? God is at work in all of them and in who? Everyone. So when you receive the Spirit of God, God is always at work. And this Bible, this, this point blank, God's living word to you today is God is telling you, if I'm inside you, I'm at work. I'm in, at work in every one of you to produce a working. Now, and this is why I chose to tell you that you are a personal display of God's power because this word, work, means to put forth Power. That's what it means. It means to be operative. It means to make an impact. It means effectual. So when, it, when he says there are different kinds of working, what that word means, it means different types of effects. So again, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, what Jesus is saying is, what the Bible is telling us, is God's inside you to, to make an impact. Isn't that awesome? Okay, it actually is. 
Because he wants to change this world, man. He wants to bring his kingdom to earth. So he fills you with his spirit and gives you a gift so you'll go to work. Can I, and I want to tell you, this is so awesome. How much work has this thing been doing since I've said it there? How, how much? Nothing. Nothing. But what the scripture says is God is at work in you. That tool gets in my hands, and now it can go to work. Your life in the hands of God, bam, makes an impact. Every one of you is a gift. Every one of you has something to offer. But if the spirit of God's inside of you, it's a working, because God is at work in you. The Spirit gave you a gift so that you would go to work. You are a personal display of God's power. Now, let me make this very clear. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Super important. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So this is, this is so important because what this is saying is you don't try, you don't try to become a better person. You don't get saved. You don't get connected to God. You don't get his favor. You don't get his spirit inside of you. You don't get forgiven of your sins because you're out there trying really hard. That's about as much as you can do right there spiritually. <laughs> it is not by works. You know why? So that no one can boast. But then look what he goes on to say. For we are, right? Because this is what I'm trying to help you understand today. You are, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm just going to tell you this right now. The sign that the presence of God is in you is you go to work. Now, this is super. Sometimes people get this confused again because they're like, okay, I got to do a bunch of works to get God. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Nope, you won't get God at all by your righteous efforts. Won't happen. You are saved only by a gift from him. But the gift is him. And the Holy Spirit inside of you, God goes to work and you become his workmanship and you're created in Christ now to do good works. So all of you guys who are Christians, all of you who say, I follow Jesus, are you at work? Are you at work? The Spirit has gifted you with a unique ability that nobody has to impact the world and to make the church a beautiful thing. All right? Last thing. What are these gifts? They are a manifestation of the Spirit. You are gifted, you guys, to be a personal display of God's power. This word manifestation, that's literally what it means. It means an exhibit, okay? It means, an, it means to express it. So you get to see it, basically. Now, last week, if you guys were here or listened to the message, I shared with you, we were talking about how we actually have to put our confidence in what we can't see. We have to put our confidence in God, put our faith in him and what you can't see. But you guys, but God wants the world to see him. 
through you. You know what Jesus was? What, was it? what does the scripture tell us Jesus was? He was the visible image of the invisible God. So we actually got to people who were hanging out with Jesus, got to see God in the flesh. Okay? What is the church? What are we? The body of Christ. You know what that means? God's, what an amazing plan. He's like, Jesus was filled with my spirit so the world could see me. The, the manifestation of the spirit of God was in Jesus Christ so the world could see him. He's like, but that was one guy. So now I'm going to have him die and forgive everybody of their sins so they can be reconciled back to me. And then I'm going to fill every person now with my spirit. Isn't that a great plan? Now, instead of one dude walking around, there's supposed to be millions of people who've actually received Jesus so the world can see the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Do you, do you guys see who you are? Do you, do, did you even know that? Did you know tomorrow that when you walk out your door and go to work, it's like, oh, I'm a manifestation of the Spirit of God. You are. Come on, man. Quit selling yourself short. And I want to say this. Do you know this? Because what Paul said at the very beginning, he says, I want you, brothers and sisters, to not be uninformed about the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. You have them. So I believe with all my heart, you guys, there's a spiritual battle going on. We know this. Jesus told us this. And he said, it's the lies of the enemy. We talk about this quite a bit here. And yes, one of the biggest lies the enemy does all the time, constantly, is to get us to believe things that aren't true about God. That he doesn't really love us, that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross wasn't enough to forgive us of all of our sins. That he isn't really with us, that he's not for us. That he's not going to guide us and lead us or take, he just constantly gets us anything he can do to get us to stop trusting Jesus instead, take the reins on our own and try to make it happen. He does that. But let me, let me tell you something else. He doesn't just lie to you about God. He lies to you and me all the time about you. Here's some things I know he's told many of you. You don't have anything to offer. You don't have anything to offer. When God says, no, I have gifted you. I have gifted you with a manifestation of the Spirit. Here's another lie. You're not that special. Or you're not important. And, and, and God says, no, no, no. You have a personal gift, a unique gift. And if you don't put your life in my hands, I can't do that one thing that I can only do through you. And the enemy's like, oh, man, you're, not, you're just not that important. Another lie he says is your service isn't needed. You don't have to serve. By the way, it's for the benefit of the body is what he says. We're going to get into this next week. But the gift you have is actually for the benefit of the body of Christ. So what's the enemy say? Well, you don't, you, you're, you're not needed. And then the scripture tells us, no, the body of Christ is incomplete without you. If you don't find your gift and use it, then the whole body suffers. So of course the enemy's going to say, it's, it's, it's not, you're not needed. And then he says, it's okay, right? He just says, it's okay. You can just come. You don't have to actually engage. You can just come and receive. And God goes, no, I gifted you to be a display. How are you displaying the gift that God has given you 
for the benefit of everyone around you. I, I just know this. Most of us who are followers of Jesus have bought the lie that you don't matter. You've bought the lie that you don't have a gift. You've bought the lie that it's okay not to use it. Because he is scared to death of a church that actually is filled with people, filled with the Spirit of God, in the hands of God, causing some wreck and havoc into the darkness of this world. Amen? Amen. He does not want that to happen, but that is who we are. That is who we are. God loves you. He loves who he made you to be. And you will love your life when you find it. When you find the gift you have and you're actually using it, you're going to feel I'm why you're here. So, real quick here, how do you discover your gift? The number one thing, you guys, the way you discover your gift is you give your life to God. Now, I know you already have, you've, you've already put your faith in him if you're a Christian. But Jesus says you actually have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily. And I just want to say, the only way that you're going to discover your gift is get in the hands of God. Let him have your life. Surrender your life to him. And if you do, you know what's going to happen? All of a sudden, God's going to pick you up and you're going to go, holy crow. I had no idea this is what he wanted to do with me. Or he'll take that little Allen wrench and go, I had no idea. I had the ability to take this whole thing apart. Are you in his hands? Are you available to the one who created you and gifted you? If you are saying no to God and doing whatever you want with your life, then Jesus isn't actually your Lord. You still are. And you're just going to sit there like that. But if you give him your life as Lord and say, take me, that's all I did, man. I just said, okay, God, you have my life. And I found my life. And you'll find yours. And you know how else you find your gift? This is super important. Just start serving. Just serve somewhere. Because it's an act of service. And if you don't know what it is, well, then just jump in. You guys know that's what we're here for? Every morning, every time we gather together, we're here to bless each other, to receive and to give. So just jump in. I can just tell you right now, every team we have is in need of service, every one of them. Whether that's just greeting people and walking them in, handing them stuff, whether that's our kids program or helping up here on stage or behind the scenes, just jump in and just go, okay, I'm going to find my gift because I'm filled with the Spirit of God. That means I look like Jesus. That means I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. So did you come to, to be served or to serve? And oh my gosh, can you imagine if all of us came to serve? Holy, we would be like, man, I can't find nothing to do. Because everybody's getting in front of me serving. Man, that would be awesome. And then, you know how you find your gift? You serve, you start doing stuff, and the body goes, man, when you did that, it blessed me. That's how I found my gift, man. I never wanted to be a pastor, believe me. Anybody who does is weird. <laughs> but I can tell you this, it was people, it was just me serving and giving my life away and loving people. And then others said, Dave, you need to teach. Dave, will you lead? I just, I found my gift because I gave my life to him. The way you find your gift, you guys, is other people will tell you. Man, when you did that, God's spirit worked through you. 
and it blessed people. So band, come on up. And we're going to close with one last song. There is one other way, you guys, that's helpful in, in discovering your spiritual gift. And we're going to provide this for you later this week. You can take spiritual gift assessments. It's a, you, you can take these tests, and they just kind of help you to, to discover, to think through, well, what have I done with my life? Who has God used me to be? And you can take these assessments, and they, we have one that's actually going to help you discover potentially what your gift is and your passions, because you can have a gift and use it in different ways, because you have different passions, because that's how God wired you to be. So starting on Wednesday, I'm going to send out an email to all of you who receive our family email. You'll get that. And then we'll put that on our website. It'll be available to you. Um, so be ready for that. But I'm telling you, a test is not the ultimate way you find your gift. Surrender today. Today, come on, man. Right now. Say, Jesus, man, you made me. And you, the Spirit of God, you saved me. So I would belong to you. And then when you did, you gave me a gift. Take my life, God, and use it. Show me who you made me to be. Oh my goodness, some of you are so, you have no clue the goodness that it's going to be for you to follow Jesus once you've really given your life and you, so, you find your gift. It's amazing. It's a good gift to you from a good dad to bless everybody else around here and impact the world. So let's start. Go ahead and stand and let's sing. Let's worship with your heart, not just to sing the songs. Actually surrender your life to God through this song, all right? God bless you guys.